Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we're really excited about the episode that we have for you today. But before we dive in, we want to mention one of your reviews. We are so appreciative to all of you who take the time to give us a five-star review and tell us what the podcast means to you. So if you haven't done that yet, that is the best way to let others know about the Naked Marriage Podcast. So today I'm going to read a review from Stone 2 and it's entitled Unlikely Listener. It says, I saw Dave comment on Twitter about this podcast and I thought I could use a little guidance on how to be a better husband. When I started listening, I didn't realize it was a religious podcast, LOL. I don't follow the word, nor do I believe anymore. Uh, past church experience ruined me completely, sadly. But this podcast has given me insight on things that I need to be aware of and work on. Thank you for helping me see things differently. And that I just love that because, you know, they, they weren't expecting to get much out of it, and, and they did. And so we just appreciate you writing us, and we're so glad that you're getting a lot out of the podcast. So thank you for yeah, that Yeah, we are. And, and we even hope that, you know, God will use this podcast to kind of heal some of those, those wounds, wounds from church the past wounds. church hurt yeah. that could open you back up to, to faith in a new way because yeah. Jesus wants he, he wants you he wants to have a relationship with you and 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 people will hurt us you know sometimes even yeah. in church because every person's imperfect so every church is imperfect but but God is perfect and he's he's with you and for you and thanks for listening and uh, and we just are glad you're getting something out of it so yes. we got a great episode today talking about healthy expectations in marriage and it's going to be a great conversation few quick plugs before we jump in. Number one, this whole series uh, with with health mm-hmm. is based on our new book, Naked and Healthy. And thank you for those who've already listened to the audiobook of Naked and Healthy or read the ebook or paperback version. If you haven't yet, you can get a copy of Naked and Healthy at nakedandhealthy.com or Amazon or wherever you happen right. to get your books. And well, leave a review for that too. Yeah, leave, please leave a Let review. Let people know we, about it. We want to know how it's connecting with you. And for those who um, at the live events or you know online have told us how much the book has meant to them. It really means a lot to us. We're really excited about this book. Yes. And it's it's unlike anything else we've ever written. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have a really immediate and practical difference in your marriage. I also have one other random plug for you guys watching on YouTube and not listening. This won't mean as much to you, but I'm drinking <laughs> out of my favorite mug and it says Trophy Husband. And, and I, he is a trophy I husband. I love the Trophy Husband mug. I know we're still several months away from Father's Day, but like your husband needs this mug. He does. And so go to exomarriage.com slash store. You can get all this stuff. And by all right. this, all these things, and any time you purchase something from this, all the money goes straight back into the ministry. So it's helping our you know, nonprofit Christian ministry to create more resources to help more people. 
and also bringing a smile to your face as well when you <laughs> right. drink out of your your favorite mug. Because your husband should know he's a trophy husband. That's right. That's right. So, but that's not what this this episode is not about mugs. Nope. It's about expectations and healthy expectations. It's going to be a great conversation. Let's dive in. I'm excited about the conversation today, and this was really inspired. We, we, we listen to what you guys are really responding to, and sometimes if we write a blog article or we put out a video on Facebook or we put something on social media and you really connect to it, we think, let's go back and really explore that more on the Naked Marriage Podcast. Yes. And this episode is inspired in that kind of way. Uh, Ashley had an article that was really popular at xomarriage.com, which is our ministry's website, all of our blog articles and everything, you can find them there. And it was about a wife's expectations in marriage. Yes. Uh, And then I also had one, um, not as popular because obviously Ashley is the better writer. (laughs) That's true. She's prettier and smarter too. Oh my gosh. I just love her so much. But um, (laughs) it was about husband's expectations in marriage. Mm -hmm. And that word expectation is kind of a trigger word. Like we hear it and people are like, oh my gosh, what's this about? Because, you know, what's being expected of me or what should I expect? And even it makes people uncomfortable in some ways. Like what's the expectation here? And so we want to just talk about it. Like what, what is a healthy expectation a wife should have of her husband? What's a healthy expectation a husband should have uh, for his wife? And this isn't trying to like put pressure and obligation on one another in a scorekeeping kind of way. And it's, it's not, um, it's not a, a manipulative thing. Like, you know, if you don't meet this expectation, then there's going to be consequences. It's not that at all. It's like, this is, it, and saying needs would maybe just be needs, as good be a, a word. A word. Yeah. It's, I have this expectation, but really this is a need. This mm-hmm. is just what I need as a husband for my wife. This is what I need as a wife for my husband. So sweetie, we're going to start out with your uh, great article that so many people read and commented on to just share the list of yes. the healthy expectations a wife has of her husband. That's right. And again, we could flip-flop and 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 like replace expectations with the word needs, you know, because when I look back at the comments on this blog, you know, so many people were like, yes, this is exactly it. But there were a lot that said, I don't know if you should go into marriage with any expectations. And and so I would say, you know, I, I understand it is a trigger word, but again, this is more about needs. And, and again, we do have certain expectations in marriage. I mean, if we went with no expectations, why get married at all, right? right. <laughs> I mean, we're making promises to each other. We would have no need for vows. And so we certainly do have yeah, certain expectations. The vows, exactly. You're right. saying, this is what you can expect from me. Right. That in sickness and in health, I'm going to be there. That right. for better or for worse, I'm going to be there. You can expect this from me. And I'm, I'm making that And I'm going to meet you. this. Like my goal is to meet this and to keep these vows. So... Yes. So we're going to talk about that. So for a wife, and again, we're referencing a blog at exomarriage.com if you want to see all the details about this. Number one, it says, and these are in no particular order of importance. Number one, a wife needs her husband to stand by her side, protect her and honor her through thick and thin. And this is based on scripture. In Proverbs 17, 17, part A, it says, a friend is always loyal. And loyalty is huge. You know, we, we need loyalty, absolutely, uh, when yeah. it comes to marriage. Number two, it says a wife needs her husband to share his heart and be her best listener. In Proverbs 27, 9, it says, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Mm, I like that. Heartfelt counsel. And I think this is one where, um, and we, we will camp out on some of these and kind of go into more detail, but this is one where I think a lot of husbands cringe because they're like, I don't have the words, you know, but we're going to talk about that and how, you know, we may have, some of us are more 
you know, better communicators than others, but there's ways that, that a husband, even if he's not much of a talker, can be a great listener, can share his heart, and that's necessary in a, in a strong marriage. All right, number three, a wife needs her husband to always, in all caps, be honest and transparent with her in the most loving way possible. In Proverbs 27, 6, it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So basically what that's saying is, you know, don't hold back. You need to, to tell the truth in the most loving way possible. Be honest, be vulnerable. That's huge. You guys know the entire podcast we are doing right now is called The Naked Marriage because it is based on that, how a healthy marriage is one of honesty and transparency and vulnerability. Yes. And we're also naked here in the studio. No, we're not. No. If, if you're, you're watching, watching on this, YouTube, you know we're not. We're not. You he loves to. to say that though. <laughs> All right, number four, a wife needs her husband to be her biggest fan and motivator. motivator. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And so, you know, I love that verse and that's great for friendship too. And the best marriages are between best friends, like we always say. Absolutely. But, you know, we want we to know that we're for each other, not against each other. And we're bringing out the best in each other. Number five, a wife needs her husband to foster her strength and health in mind, body, and spirit. Um, Third John 1 and 2, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 2 says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. And I love that. That goes right along with our series that we're doing, you know, Naked and Healthy, based on our book, Naked and Healthy, and how we want to encourage each other to be healthy in our mind, in our bodies, and in our spirit. And so that's huge. We, we, we have a lot of power as a spouse to really encourage our spouse in this area. Number six, a wife needs to know that her husband is wildly attracted to her, strongly desires her, and has eyes only for her. Yes. <laughs> that's, it. that's the only one you're going to be like, yes. <laughs> I'm for all of them. But like, I'm like, I've been just mesmerized. Like, you're like, it involves sex. Yes. No, I've been <laughs> contemplative. I've been... Equally enthused about all of them. I'm teasing you, sweetie. But then I just this want made you, you really know, perk up. Though. I want you to know that these eyes oh are my for goodness. you. And I, love I like. It. I'm looking and I'm a liking. I love that. <laughs> I don't remember what movie that's from, but it makes me laugh. All right, um, the verse that goes with this is from Song of Solomon, the steamiest uh, book of the Bible for sure. And it's chapter two, verse ten. It says, "My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one." come with me. Mm. So beautiful. We love that. Definitely want to have eyes only for each other and to have um, desire going, you know, and flowing all throughout the marriage. All right. Number seven, last one for the wives. And I'm sure there's many more expectations and needs, but these are some big ones. Number seven, a wife needs to know that her husband is willing to lay down his very life for her. In John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And again, if you're married, you're, you know, your best friend should be your spouse. And, you know, this is something that actually, when we look at the verses that are specifically about marriage, it talks about a husband being willing to do this. And, you know, I know that, I think a lot of times we forget this and it sound we're like, really? I mean, is that really what God is calling us to do? But as we talked about on here a lot is when God designed marriage, he actually designed it to be, to mimic what, what Christ has done for the church. And he laid down his very life for us. And so, you know, there are verses where it talks about us, you know, submitting to one another. And it says, you know, wives respect your husbands, but then it says husbands be willing to give your life, you know, to lay down your life for your wife. And so I know we ran through those really fast. Again, if you go to exomarriage.com and look up a wife's expectations in marriage, you can find more details. But are there any of those that you want to camp out on, sweetie, to give more detail to on what that looks like? Yeah, I, I think 
everything on that list is something that it should be a joy for a husband to fulfill. Like there, there is, we don't like this word either. There is certain duty we have yeah. in marriage. Everything in our life that, that's really worth doing. We have a duty to our children to provide for them. We have a duty to God, a duty to our spouse. But within the way God designed marriage and family and even our relationship with him, it, it really is more of a joy. It's like, I get to do these things. Yes. I get to serve my spouse in this way. I get to show my love for them in this way. And if we'll really see it as a joy to, to meet each other's needs, everything on that list and more, it's going to bring joy to your marriage. Like it was, it kind of made me stop recently. Ashley and I, we hadn't been on a trip just together alone in a long time because of travel restrictions, but we snuck away uh, just a couple weeks ago to celebrate a big birthday of hers. Yes. And and so we were, we were planning this trip and we got away and we got there and several different people that, that worked at the, at this place, they were like, are you guys honeymooners? And yeah, we they, would say, they ask us that a lot. I would say, no, why? And they, they'd say, well, you just, you just seem so happy. And I'm like, well, we are so happy. And they're like, well, are you like newlyweds? We're like, no, we've been married for 20 Almost years 20 this years, year. Yeah. But it was kind of sad because in their experience, clearly the only happy couples are the <laughs> yeah. ones who are just starting out. And, and the longer you're married, the less happy you are. And I'm like, how sad? Because that's not the way it's supposed to work. Right. And we should right. never buy into the myth that that's how it's supposed to work, that you know, we're happy in the beginning and then we just pro- get progressively sadder and more miserable until one of us dies. Like <laughs> right. that is not the way God designed marriage. No. And if we will look at these expectations as a, as a way to joyfully serve one another, right? Um, man, there's going to be so much joy and there should be so much joy and spark in your marriage. And the, these things you listed, I mean, you know, pers- you're pursuing each other, having eyes only for, for each other, being best friends. I think yeah. that that friendship one, which is high on the, the husband's list, I'll read here in a minute. That's huge that the best marriages truly are between best friends. Yes. And that's a part of your marriage that can grow richer through every season, that you're you're going through life hand in hand, side by side, having fun, making sure that your friends friends have fun together. You know, they yeah. they 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 endure the hard times together, obviously. But when you think about your best friends, they're people you laugh with. Right. And if we're not laughing a lot together, then something's wrong. Even in the yeah. difficult seasons, if we can't find times to laugh, uh, then we need to take a step back and say, where did the joy go? Where did the fun go? Where did the playfulness go? Yeah. And we need to bring that back. You know, I love that. We were actually, uh, you know, sitting down talking to one of our other friends who does marriage ministry, Dan Leanne. He's, he's awesome. If you, if you haven't watched Dan Leanne or listened to Dan Leanne, look him up. He, he is a big, a big, a proponent of joy. And he talks about this. He lives it. And he was talking about this, this particular thing about laughter and joy in marriage. And he said, you know, it's so sad when, you know, we talk to couples and they've been married a long time. They have all this history together. They've done all these things together and, and yet they don't laugh. And he actually shared a story about his wife and he, he's known to be this funny guy. And he said there was one day somewhere along in their marriage where she said, you know, everybody knows you as a funny guy but I can't remember the last time that you told me any jokes or anything like that. And he said it hit him like a ton of bricks. And he said it was really eye-opening. And he said it was a real tender moment. And he said it was a blind spot to him because he's like, yeah, he's like, how, it's just really, it's a tragedy if here I am being the funny guy for everybody else, but my own family, you know, I don't even, 
like we don't laugh together. And so he said, they really, I mean, as a family, like one of their family values is to make each other laugh until they pee. And I love that. <laughs> and I was like, that is amazing. And so they go out of their way to let laughter be the soundtrack of their home. And I just, I love that. And especially in marriage, I think a lot of times we find it easier to make our kids laugh to be that funny person for our kids, but our spouse, it's intimidating, but it's really not. We're complicating it. Think back to those little funny things like Dave mentioning that little line from a movie, I'm a looking and I'm a liking. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun. like we we will sometimes quote these these little funny things from the office or from movies or, and we'll just laugh about it. Or we'll be like, remember that time when that happened? And, you know, wasn't that just crazy? I wonder how that person's doing. I haven't seen them in a long time. Like it's just reminiscing and being intentional about how can I bring joy to my spouse's day? Yeah. And try to surprise him. Like, yeah, like I'll, I'll try to literally just like when the kids aren't home, be like naked at an unexpected time and walk oh out gosh. because it makes Ashley laugh, which would probably hurt my confidence and my feelings that apparently I'm really funny looking in the You nude. are not. It's just funny because it's like, I, oh, you're naked. But I'll do it just to get her to laugh and then I'll go put my clothes back on, you know? That's probably TMI. They're like, they're hey, weird. There's no such thing. This I think is the Naked just, Marriage Podcast. He's practicing for retirement. Like, oh, I think you're looking ready. forward to some naked days. going to be a lot of wrinkles. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hey, I love it. I'm a looking and I'm liking. I'm a liking. I see I'm not even doing the line right. (laughs) But you've got to have fun. You need to just be playful and have have a good time. And don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. It, It does take a certain, you know a certain level of of just self-deprecating humor, I guess. Yes. We have to we have to not take ourselves too seriously. And I think that a lot of us, you know, we've all kind of been through a hard, you know, last year, last year or two. And we've kind of been serious because, you know, we've gone through hardship, but that's when you need laughter the most. You do. I mean, that's you when it. you need it the most. And so sometimes it just takes us humbling ourselves and to just just be silly, you know, and off the cuff. So I, I love that you yes. brought that up. And and we're not saying make light of tragedy. There are, oh, absolutely there are not. times to grieve. There are times to to walk through, you know, sort of solemn seasons. But in in all seasons, I'm convinced we should never lose our joy. Yeah. And and we, we need to just make that a priority. And I want to say one thing before we move on to the husband's expectations. That number one, again, they're not in any particular order of importance, but it talked about a wife needing to be protected by her husband. When we hear that, we automatically think physically protected, like, oh, he needs to be a strong man to be able to, you know, to beat someone up if if they try to come at, at the wife or whatever. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like we definitely, you know, we need to come to each other's defense. But really, when it comes to this, I think in this day and age, more than any other time, it's really about protecting the reputation and having such respect for your spouse that you would never put something on social media that would hurt them or that would give them a bad reputation, that you would never try to hang out the dirty laundry to hurt your spouse or or even not to hurt your spouse, but just not thinking and being, you know, just being inconsiderate and putting something out there that they told you never really to share or being in conversation and throwing your spouse under the bus. Like we have witnessed this and it literally just hurts my heart when I see it happening. And um, it's, we've actually seen it. This one thing, a husband not fulfilling this one expectation, we've seen it ruin a marriage. And um, it's one of those things where you have to, you really have to have friends that you allow to speak into your life to call you out on it. Yeah. And we since have, you know, we've done that, but um, and but he's had to learn the hard way. And and that's just one example. We have many examples, but I think we forget this because we maybe we're in a hurt season and we just 
I don't know, maybe we're trying to make ourselves look better and we say something that hurts our spouse, hurts their reputation and, and it does major damage. And so we need to be very mindful of how we talk about our spouse, not only to them and the tone of our words, but also how we talk about them when they're there and when they're not there. Yeah, the, the words you say to your spouse obviously matter, but I hope you guys were listening. The words you say about your spouse to anyone, to anyone, anywhere on social media. Oh gosh, yeah. If you're if in you your email, are ever tempted work, to post some rant online about your, you know, my my lazy husband, and yeah. I mean, just oh, please don't. Please. No. And if you're tempted to go out with the girls after work or the guys after work, and it just become a time to just complain about yeah. the old man or the old lady or right and what. Don't do that because the words you speak about each other shape the tone of the whole marriage. Even if they're not there to hear them, it's training your mind to see your spouse that way. Right. And your spouse is a treasure that needs to be protected at all times. And I would even say this. I had a friend, a dear friend of mine recently go through some really hard marriage times. And I remember there were some girls, of a, you know, there were some of us getting together and she she very gracefully bowed out. And then my friend later on, my other friend was like, because I was like, oh, I was really hoping our friend would have come. I haven't seen her in a while. And she said, well, she told me that she's protecting her marriage because she can't be around this other friend that was going to meet us for lunch because she talked so bad about about her husband. And she said, and I, I, I'm just now, we're kind of coming out of a really hard time and I don't want to fall back into old habits. And I, I just thought that was so yeah, wise, that's wise. That's really good. because we do, even though I know this particular friend of mine loves this other friend and eventually we'll get with her. She's, she's trying to put that boundary in place to protect her marriage and her own, you know, she knows she's in a frail place because in a, in a vulnerable place, because she's walked through a time when she was complaining about her husband and they were almost divorcing. And so she's like, you know, God brought us through this. I don't want to go back to old ways. So sometimes it takes us in order to fulfill the expectations that we're trying to fulfill for our spouse. We have to sometimes cut off contact for a time with people that we know are going to go against that expectation. Yeah, that's that's huge. And that can be difficult. It can be awkward. Yeah. yeah. But those are the kind of stands we have to take for our marriage. We that's do. what it means to, to protect. So fighting for your marriage doesn't usually mean throwing a punch at somebody, but it sometimes means having the courage to remove yourself from situations or to to have awkward conversations with someone in your life yeah. who's who's been a friend for a long time to say, listen, I love you, but here's why I can't be around you right now for the sake of, of prioritizing and protecting my marriage. Right. And so who are the people, who are the influences in your life that maybe you need to pull away from? And I'm telling you, who you surround yourself with makes a massive difference in the overall health of your marriage. Your yes. marriage is going to start to look like the marriages of the people you're hanging around. The most. The most. Yeah. So if you look at your closest friends and all of them have miserable marriages, I'm not saying just completely cut them out of your life. No. But you need to intentionally look for some mentors, look for some friends who have a healthy marriage and prioritize a healthy marriage, or else you're going to start learning some bad habits yeah. from uh, from the people in your life. So, One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier, and junk is sometimes more convenient, and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30 
30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Inflation is out of control, and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily, and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it, get that under control, and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. good stuff. All right. I'm going to more, there's a lot of overlap on these lists. There are, there's sure. just five on my list of, of the kind of the husband's expectations in marriage or their greatest needs might be another way to say it. And again, in no particular order, companionship, friendship. Oh yeah. Um, a guy wants his wife to be his best friend. He really, really does. And for, for the most part, women tend to have more friends that they get with regularly, talk with regularly than than men do. Statistically, this isn't always the case, but so a woman has her kind of friendship tank filled from a lot of different sources. But for most guys, he's looking at his wife to be his primary, his primary companion, his best friend, and the one who's kind of filling that that friendship tank. And guys should have good, healthy, same-sex sure. friendships. But ladies, you, I can't overestimate how important it is for you to be, be that yeah. best friend to your husband. You know, do... Do the stuff that, that he's into, you know, try to take interest in, in what he's he's into. You know, you, maybe you're not into sports, but try to take interest in his favorite team if he's into that and yeah. share that experience with him. He, you might not be into, you know, fishing, but once in a while, go go do it with him just right. to share the experience with him. He wants to invite you into his world. It's so true. I remember the other day, like one way that that we kind of build on our friendship is going on walks. And I know you guys are like probably rolling your eyes right now listening to this or watching this like, okay, we get it. You all like walking together. Like, but we, it's just been really good for our marriage throughout all the different seasons we've walked through. And for some reason, I, I think I had an appointment or something. I couldn't go walking with you at the time that we had kind of normally would have walked. And you look like a little hurt, but like I felt so bad for you because it's like something, it builds our friendship. You look forward to it. And I was like, sweetie, I will find time later. We'll just do it a different time. But I just saw on your face, just how it's important to you. And it, because that is one of the many ways that we build our friendship, because not only are we burning calories, but we're talking and, and it's like, you know, we laugh. We, I it's, mean, it's great. It's, it's like one so of our favorite reasons. things we do. And um, so it's like, you know, I just saw how important that so, is to you. I'm still and so, a little hurt by it. I know. I'm, I know. I'm, I was I'm, like, I'm, I, I'm like, I really want to go walk too. I don't want to go to this appointment, whatever. Well, I, I hope I'm in the when you're able to, because I might <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I always love our walks. I really do. And even the sports thing, you guys, I, it took me a while to realize the importance of this because I grew up in a home where even though I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, home of the UK Wildcats, yes, total sports town. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in a family. I'd never watched a full game ever. And, and, And it's like sacrilege, like where I'm from. Okay. And I, I just remember, you know, Dave grew up in this very sports oriented family. And when we first got married, I really was kind of, I just, I think I kind of was like, I don't get it. Like I didn't, I just didn't value it, you know? And I was like, you go do your thing and I'll go watch ice skating. I mean, that's, that's a sport, right? Like I, you know, I was just like, like in the Olympics, even it's he'd have his thing. If they have sticks and pucks and <laughs> goals on the ice. Well, let me tell you, ice skating, definitely. Those people are majorly athletic, but it's not a team sport and you love yeah. team sports. And I remember the first time it took me a while, but the first time I went to a professional sports game, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars and I was kind of dreading it. And we went and you guys, they weren't even a great team at the time, but it was amazing. And I looked over at Dave and I said, I get it. I, I am so I sorry. It. I get it. Like, this, this is, is awesome. So cool. I was hugging perfect strangers. Like yeah. when they made a goal, it was, it, it's like they this camaraderie. Goals, it's well, okay. see? <laughs> but you were, see? you were into it. They made you a were... touchdown. Okay. They made a touchdown <laughs> goal. Isn't that a general word? <laughs> and so you guys, I don't know. Yeah. And you're like, it, it, I just love fine. hearing you talk about it. I it's, know, but I loved it. And so like the Jaguars got a home run and then they, <laughs> and then a slam dunk. And it was amazing. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, it was awesome. And then it was like, I, it took me a while to come around to it, but I realized I saw how excited you were. And I was like, we've got to do well, this. Because we were briefly living there. So we it was were. kind of it like was so the, awesome. the hometown team for a couple of years. When we, we lived there. in the Dallas area. We'd go to the Mavs games. Like I still, to this day, he he checks on the score and I'm like, how they do, you know? Like, so, yeah. I mean, I, I I get excited with you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been fun. You just learn to share, share some things together. You don't have to be as into something as, you know, and I watch... I watch stuff I have no interest in. Yes, like, you do. I watch wedding dress shows. Okay, guys, we get we're not getting married again. Like we'll <laughs> never buy another wedding dress. And I watch shows where the whole point of the show is the dress. somebody putting on a wedding dress, and then people being like, "Do you like the dress, or do you do not like the dress?" Well, I like this about the dress, but I like the other part about the other dress. And then yes. her friends like sit around and they're like, "I don't know. I think the other one was better." And I'm like, "This is a show. People watch." And it's actually this really is entertainment for some people. It's amazing, and I'll sit there and watch it with her because I love her, you know. And you do. And, and but I remember one time you were wedding like, shows, four weddings where these four weddings is the best. These it's, four girls so that don't know each other, like compete against each other, and who has the best wedding? And then one of them wins a prize, and the other three act like they're happy for the one that won, but they all really just you could tell they want to like stab her and. <laughs> This is the show and it's old. I think that's reruns, but we will, I actually like it's in the DVR. Like I, yeah, take, she loves I record it. that one. Cause and I I'll love sit, it. I'll watch it with her. Yes. I'll be like, Oh, I like number two sweating. No, I like the one though that you used to hate watching house hunters. You actually got to love yeah, house, I, house I, hunters international because we feel like we're going on vacation. I got into it. So, I, yes. I made myself like it. And now it's like when we couldn't travel anywhere, we'll watch we House Hunters watch International it. and feel like we're going on a trip. Well, one time he came to me and he popped popcorn and he said, hey, you want to go on a vacation? <laughs> he turned on <laughs> House Hunters International. Let's go to Ireland. Let's go Let's to go Ireland. To He's like, where do you want to go? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so you got to just there you go. get into what the other one's into. And you'll, the more you can <laughs> more share- More than TV shows, guys. Yeah, more, more than, than TV. TV shows. But the, share your lives together yes. is what it comes down to. Don't have separate lives. The happiest couples like find ways to- intersect their lives in, in every chance they can. They can. Yes. Instead of his hobbies, her hobbies, his stuff, her stuff, his friends, her friends. If everything's his and hers, that's just practice for divorce. But if, if you, you, you united together, it's going to be better. All right, I'm going to go through these a little more quickly because we're about out of time. 
um, respect, you know, it's, yeah. you know, like the, the book, Love and Respect, based on the, that Bible verse that talks about husbands loving your wives, wives respect your husbands. Mm-hmm. Obviously, both spouses need respect, both spouses need love, but there's something in the heart of a husband that needs to know, like, does she believe in me? Yeah. You know, not only, I know, I know that she loves me, but does she believe in me? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what respect is. Sex, sexual intimacy is, is uh, high on the, the needs and expectations of, of most guys. This is obviously a need for both spouses. This sex yes. isn't just a male need. It's a male, it's a man and woman need both spouses need the, the frequency and commitment to making the sexual experience amazing for both spouses. But at least in terms of, of desire for frequency, not always, but in about 80% of, of marriages, the husband has a, a noticeably higher need for that. And so like, just know that's something that's on his mind. He wants to connect with you as his wife in that way. Um, you're the only place on earth where that that need can be fulfilled in a legitimate way, and and he feels really close to you when that's a priority. Um, number four, supported home, and that doesn't just mean like you know house cleaning and these sort of old, you know, gender role kind of ide- ideas. But yeah. but he wants the woman is the heart of the home. The woman is the thermostat for the home. She sets the tone and the temperature for what this home is going to feel like in, in, in nearly every way. A woman has an immense power um, within her home to create the tone. And for him to feel like the home is a, is a safe place uh, because of what his wife is doing to, to use that influence she has to make it a safe place for all who are there and to make it a joyful place, then it's going to be a gift to him as well. It's more about just trying to you know, like like Dave said, the the peacefulness. It's much more less about duties and tasks that you're completing, and more about it, it being a refuge. You know, and creating that. And it takes both the husband and the wife. I mean, clearly. And there's lots of circumstances that sometimes you don't have any control over, like having young children, and you know, you're in the midst of raising kids, all that kind of stuff. But you can still have a a peaceful home. And women do have such power in setting that tone. So that's really what that's about more than, more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And then my, my last one was, was just commitment, you know, that both spouses, husbands, obviously as well, they want to know my wife is, is totally committed to me, to this family, to our shared vision for the future and that we're in this together and we've got each other's backs. And if you'll do these things for each other, I'm telling you, I, I think, and not from a sense of just, like angry duty, but from a place of joy, it's a privilege for me to serve my spouse in this way. It's going yeah. to make such a difference in your marriage. So that being said, we're really, we, we spent the time slipped away from us on this one because we just we were having yeah, a great conversation, a but there's we have a question still to answer. So today's question, and by the way, thanks for sending these in um, at nakedmarriagepodcast.com. Today's question says, my husband and I have a strong friendship and a sel- uh, healthy sex life but romance has never been very prominent in our relationship. When I read a book or movie that has a tenderness between characters, that resonates with me, and I will sometimes fixate on it for days afterwards. When I've expressed the need for a deeper connection to my husband, he usually says something like, I just don't have anything to open up about. Should I cut out all romance movies and books to keep me from having this expectation? Man, that's a great question. That is, and I I just sense that I mean, it's so sweet, like the way she writes yeah. about it. It's not coming from like this resentful place. Yeah. Um, I, I really commend you on having self-reflection about this. You know, her her first inclination is maybe I'm watching too many things that are making me have unrealistic expectations. Yeah. So I, I love the the kind of standpoint you're coming from. Um, you know, I, I get 
you know, we, we hear from a lot of people in the same dynamic, wouldn't you say, sweetie? I mean, where it's yes, like the is, husband really does. Common. Yes, it's very common. Like he, it, you know, and maybe he doesn't really think he does have anything to open up about. I think maybe it could be asking a different question. You know, I think sometimes when it's like, is there anything? And I used to do this a lot more than I do now. I would say, do you have anything you need to tell me? Do you remember when I did that for years? <laughs> I'm like, that's a terrifying question. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm oh trying to think gosh. of things to confess to. Yeah. But. No, I really did. I don't know. I'm so sorry, sweetie. But I did that for years, <laughs> for years. Like, Oh my goodness. And he'd be, it was like real daunting for you. And I yeah. don't know. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from, but. No, it, well, it came but from wanting to connect. I wanted to connect. Right. And I'm not saying she's saying it like that, but. You know, that I think it's very intimidating when husbands have a wife come to them saying, I want to connect deeper with you. I had actually a post on Instagram once that talked about heartfelt communication. Mm -hmm. And I'm a woman. Heartfelt is, I'm all about it, right? And I had um, some women write me and say, my husband looked at this too, and this kind of scared him. And and they're like, maybe it's the way you guys worded it. And I, and I ask you about it and you're like, yeah. He goes, I don't think I would ever use the word heartfelt <laughs> to describe no. what you're trying to describe. And so sometimes this is semantics. Like I think you know, if you could come to your husband and just enter into a conversation of, of just talking about how you're feeling and, and naturally bring it out. And I also want to, I just want to say too, maybe do an activity when you're trying to have these conversations. We've mentioned this before, but there's actually neuroscience behind this. Men are going to open up more when they are side by side with someone as opposed to face to face. And while they're doing an activity as opposed to just being stationary. And so go on a walk, go on a drive, maybe do an act like you know, play a sport together, whatever it is, find something where it's less intimidating because he is moving. And, and I'm telling you, I think he'll be more likely to open up. It's great insight as always, my love. And so, you know, it takes me longer to think. So I'm glad you went first because that's, it, it was so good. It gave me a minute <laughs> to think and it still won't be as good as what you said. Not true, not true. I would say a few things. Number one, men respond so well to praise from their wives. Oh Yeah. And so find those things that he is doing where you do feel connected to him, even if it's just a little bit he's doing it, and praise him for that. Say, oh my goodness, when you, you know, when we did this together, I just, I loved it. I felt so close to you, so connected to you. I wish we could do that more often because it was so much fun. And, or like when you, you know, told me about, about your day and I, I just made me feel really close to you. That thank thing you with for, me. thanks yeah. for sharing that with me. When you frame it not in terms of, why don't you do that more? Or I wish you would do this. And I'm sure you're not saying it like that, by the way, but I, that's maybe how he hears it. Like, oh, I'm not measuring up. I'm right. I, there's this standard that this that I can't reach and I don't even know what it is. And so I just want to pull back. But when you praise him or thank him for the things that he's doing right, he's going to want to do more of that thing because he wants your praise. He wants your thanks. He wants you to feel connected to you. And so so start with that and and realize too that some of what you're seeing on these shows like it's it's not real. It's it's fictional. It's yeah. it's fictional. Just like you know, not not that it's as damaging as something like porn. But part of why porn is so damaging is there's nothing real about it. It's it's not it's not real. So right. it, it feeds this fantasy that's not even reality. And and sometimes you know these seemingly innocent you know kind of romance stories and shows and rom coms and Hallmark movies and everything else. Um, with innocent storylines that create these dynamics between people who aren't real characters. And, and we think that this is the way it's supposed to look. 
And so I think that we can find entertainment value in it, but whenever we're trying to compare our real marriage to some fictionalized, you know, version, we can run into some trouble there. So just be mindful of that, like Ashley said, when you're when you're watching it, but yeah. still fight for intimacy in your own marriage. And I, but again, I think it means starting the conversations um, and and thanking and praising him for what he's doing right. I think he's gonna he's gonna open up more. And for your husband, the word romance is intimidating to a lot of husbands because we don't know what that means. It's something we can't put our heads around. Like, what is that? Do I have to like learn French and start writing poetry in another language? And like, that's not what romance is. Romance is really just another word for thoughtfulness. Yeah. And so help him see it that way. Just say, listen, when I say I want you to be romantic, I, I just mean, I want you to think about, about me and think about ways to connect with me. And when I see that I'm on your mind, it makes me feel really close to you. That's romantic. Yeah. And when you're willing to talk to me about whatever's, you know, happening in your life, that that makes me feel really close to you. That's that's romantic. And so help him help him see what your expectations are in a way that he can meet it. Yeah. And it's really practical and doable for him. And I think that you'll see he'll want to do that. I love that. So good. I, well, I hope that helps. And you know, we'll be praying for you with that. And I just appreciate all of you tuning in and listening to this episode and we will see you next time.